Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All down. Oh. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. Glad to have you along on a beautiful Monday night. we got a jam-packed show, so I better stop flapping my gums and get right to business. Welcome in. Here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. The World of Outlaws, they got gypped one show down at Volusia Speedway Park, thanks to old Mother Nature. But in the end, it would be Mr. McCready himself, who'd host the Big Gator at the end of the Gator Nationals. Uh, Hudson O'Neill would pick up his first career World of Outlaws feature win. He became the 100th winner with the World of Outlaws series by accomplishing that feat. How about Bubba Raceway Park? Another historic thing happening. We had Hudson O'Neill being the 100th winner. How about Brady Bacon passing the man himself on the all-time USAC sprint car wins list, Jack Hewitt? Yeah, that's right. Brady Bacon passes him on the all-time wins list. That happened on... Uh, February 16th, they raced a couple of more times, a couple other feature winners, but pretty cool stuff for Brady Bacon to pass Mr. Hewitt himself on the all-time wins list. Also going on, World Series of Stock Car Racing at New Smyrna Speedway. Casey Roderick takes Anthony Camping Racing, uh, Campy Racing to their uh, championship run down there in the Super Late Models. We'll talk with Katie Hettinger on the Pro Late Model side of things. She didn't get a championship, but she made history nonetheless coming up. And, of course, the Daytona 500. A lot of scuttlebutt on the Internet about how the Daytona 500 was run. Uh, longest Daytona 500 in history. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is declared the winner as the race ends under caution. He was out in front at the time that the button was clicked, and so he is now a Daytona 500 champion. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. How could anybody say that that race was long? I, I slept through three quarters of it. It didn't <laughs> seem long to me. 530 miles, I believe, was the final length of uh, this year's Daytona 500. I couldn't put myself through that. There's no way. How'd you like I, to be Kyle Bush? He led the 500th mile of this race, was wrecked in turn three, and I think finished 18th. Yeah, what'd he say? Oh, if this was 1998, guys, we'd already won. Yep, we'd have had this one. come out with him leading. Yep. But, uh, that's why That's why they call it uh, NASCAR today, right? Yep, modern day era. Yeah, it's, it's tough out there. You don't unless you take the check away, it's green. That's right. Hey, um, man, we cover Michigan Motorsports, and we cover it, uh, you know, we try to do a damn good job at it, and and this 
broke uh, as we were headed into the weekend. And um, you want to talk about pioneers for our sport. This is a big one. Yeah, Zach, uh, some very sad news to report uh, on Friday. Uh, Dick Lee, who had the vision and the idea to gather a great group of people together and founded the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame, uh, passed away per Dick's wishes. Uh, there won't be any memorial service. Uh, we ask everybody, along with everybody here at Horsepower Happenings, keep uh, Dick's family and his loved ones in your prayers during this difficult time. Dick Lee was 86 years old. And, um, man, it was just – it's un, it's unbelievable he was part of what we have today with the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame, which has grown – he was probably so proud um, to know where he left it. There are a lot of people, a lot of people that want to be a part of what he founded. And uh, it doesn't mean sitting on the board. It means wants to be recognized by a group of peers. And uh, we have that thanks to Dick Lee. Uh, I don't believe I ever had a chance to meet him. But, wow, so cool that he was able to start something that so many people are a part of, deservedly to be a part of. It's pretty cool. Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame started as a circle track Hall of Fame. Man, it's and it was originally for drivers. How it has grown over that time, Rich, to include media people, uh, you know, drag racers, motorcycle racers, circle track, boats, you name it. If you are a part of something that requires an engine and has competition in it, you can be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And, and this is this is not for the lighthearted in our motorsports, right? You have to, you have had to excel in whatever area, uh, better than ninety five percent of the people out there. Yep. Uh, this is not just an honorary type thing. If you get into the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame, you have earned every bit of it. Absolutely, and um, almost poetic. I, I couldn't believe the project that we were working on setting up when this happened. We're working with the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. Uh, we're going to have a really fun month of March and uh, more details coming up. Uh, but March is going to be Michigan Motorsports History Month uh, put on by Horsepower Happenings and in um, the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. And we're going to talk to some people that have been honored thanks to the legacy that, that Dick Lee leaves behind and uh, really excited to get into that. All right, let's get back into some things that are happening uh, currently. This caught some people off guard. Cole Macedo behind the wheel of the Home Pro Racing 50YR down at East Bay Raceway Park. Now, Macedo, uh, of course, a well-known name, the uh, uh, Attica Fremont Challenge Series ace and, of course, known for sprint car racing all across the country, ends up behind the wheel of Shannon Eifert's Home Pro Riffing operation, and uh, he actually went to Victory Lane down at East Bay Raceway Park on the opening night of the King of the 360s, and this drew a lot of attention. Everybody said, okay, Where's Danny Sams? And, uh, of course, we reached out to not only to Shannon and talked to him, but we reached out to Danny as well. And uh, Danny Sams said this uh, when we asked him what had happened. Um, he said that he is going to go 100% of the time with another car owner, with Rocky. Uh, as we all know, he ran some part-time stuff with Rocky last year, ran a lot with Rocky before. And uh, he says uh, that uh, he and Shannon and, and Home Pro Racing mutually decided to part ways. And he says, quote, I can't thank Shannon enough for the opportunity he gave Randerson Racing last year and me at the beginning of this year, and uh, that he is just now excited and looking forward to 2023 running with Rocky Randerson. As for the Home Pro Racing side of things, Cole Macedo is there on a part-time basis. Shannon is currently looking for a full-time driver, somebody that would fill the role of a 410 sprint car slot, and a 360 sprint car slot to run with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. And uh, had a chance to talk to Shannon on Sunday. He tells me the search is going well, 
and uh, when he gets his driver selected, he will need no introduction. We'll all pretty well know who he is when he uh, gets behind the wheel of that home pro racing ride. Zach, other driver changes announced. This one just earlier today, uh, Lane Racing and Illinois driver Chris Windham announced earlier today a partnership for the 2023 season. Of course, Cap Henry vacating the ride with Lane Racing during the offseason. Uh, the newly formed partnership will include Wyndham's continued support with NOS Energy Drink, um, who will be the primary sponsor. A 75-race Zex, a 75-race schedule wow. is on tap for 2023, which includes the Kings Royal, uh, the Million, and both 360 and 410 Knoxville Nationals events. Wyndham is coming off rookie seasons in the 410 sprint cars and the All-Star Circuit of Champions. So, Zach, uh, add Chris Wyndham to one of the ones to watch in 2023. I tell you what, I like Cap Henry. I like Lane Racing. They did it. They had a great tenure together. And Chris Wyndham going to Lane Racing. Uh, this will be their second full season with the uh, All-Stars, the Tezos All-Star Circuit of Champions. Man, look out. <laughs> I think they are fired up and they are ready to go. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Let's go back to East Bay Raceway Park, King of the 360s. We told you Cole Macedo went to victory lane on night number one. Uh, Home Pro Racing was the Michigan representative on night number one. Of course, Smith Motorsports and uh, Max Stambaugh, they made the feature on night one, but things did not go the way they had planned. Uh, they ended up pulling to the infield, finishing 19th. Uh, in what they called uh, missing the setup. Phil Gressman was down there as well. Now, we haven't heard from Phil, but he pulled to the infield early with an apparent issue and did not unload the rest of the weekend. So something hurt on that 7C machine. So Michigan, it all falls on the shoulders of Max Stambaugh, and he performed the rest of the weekend. Friday night, Stambaugh had to race his way into the show through a B main after missing the transfer spot in his heat race, only took the top two cars. He made it into the transfer through the B main, started 23rd, Rich France, drove his way to 12th, missing the hard charger by two positions on Friday night. Then, you didn't think it could get any better? In comes Saturday. 40 laps, $10,000 to win for the 360 uh, King of 360 event down at East Bay Raceway Park. Um... Stambaugh transfers in through his heat race, gets the opportunity to roll off 14th, even after transferring in through his heat race, still buried in the field. And when the green flag flies, that racetrack became a sheet of ice so quickly, and attrition became a big part of the race. Right rear tires uh, going all the way down to the cords before they were blowing. Sam Hayfordteeth blew a tire. Uh, we had drivers who were falling through the field with tires that were worn out. Felt bad for Mark Smith. He had absolutely nothing left on his Hoosier Racing tires. Pulled to the infield to try to get them changed. Rules say, no, you cannot change a Hoosier Racing tire unless it is flat. He was out of the race. Here comes, quietly, Max Stambaugh from 14th, all of a sudden running 8th, 7th, 3rd, and then leading at East Bay. The only problem is Sam Hayfertief blew a tire early enough in the event that he was able to charge through the field, got around Stambaugh inside of five laps to go, held on for the win, but Max was able to bring it home runner-up and uh, in a great performance, possibly the best performance that he's ever had down at East Bay Raceway Park. Mm -hmm. And now it's our pleasure to bring on uh, the guy who was one of the top five who didn't go in for a pit stop down at East Bay Raceway Park. Uh, from Elida, Ohio, it's our pleasure to welcome onto the program Max Stambaugh. Good evening. Welcome in, man. 
Hey, Zach, how you doing? Doing good, man, and uh, doing a lot better than your left and right rear Hoosier racing tires at the end of that race, I'm going to tell you. Uh, start 14th, kind of, you know, take me back through the through that night, and I do want to go over the whole weekend as well, but that Saturday night, $10,000 to win, king of the 360s, was that the most wild sprint car race you've ever been a part of in terms of just hanging on to your ass and hoping for the best? I mean, just to put it blunt. Yeah, you know, uh, I would definitely say so. Um, you know, we went down there with the intentions of, you know, just trying to make all three shows, uh, 50 plus cars. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a tough, tough field of cars down there. So we had intentions of just making the show and starting there. And, uh, man, you know, Saturday night starting 14th, locked in out of our heat race. I, I felt really good about our chances. Um, I would probably be lying to you if I told you, I think we were going to finish in the top three, but, um, I was very happy, and uh, we come up with a game plan, and uh, sometimes it's better be looking good. <laughs> now, and you said down in, in, in Victory Lane, and we're of course, this is going to live down in history. You know, you tried to say this to get away with one. Uh, I'm not going to tell everybody that it rubbered up. I'm just going to tell them I finished second. What was that about? What was your thought process there? Uh, that Was that a, a you know trying to cover your butt about what? What are you trying to cover there that people might say about your performance? Uh, just, just the situation in general. Um, like you said, we were the only guy that had a right retire that lasted all 40 laps in the top five. And, um, that was, that was kind of a game plan. Um, you know, Steve Smith has a pavement background, so maybe he had something to do with it, but, uh, it, it worked out and, um, you know, we were fortunate enough to kind of find another line. I mean, it was rubber, but the, you know, there was a higher line and that's when I went from eight to third and then to second and, you know, actually got into the lead at one yes, point there. Um, just, just moving up, you know, two cars from everybody else and sure shit, man, that thing stuck and, uh, worked out good. <laughs> you look like a pavement. You look like one of those old 71 H cars. there rolling into one, man. You, you were turning left more than you were turning right at the end of that race. And that is way unheard of in a dirt sprint car. Yeah, definitely. Definitely was just trying to keep the tires under me. Um, you know, the vibration was getting pretty good. So I knew I didn't have much left. I, I don't think I probably had another another lap left. So um, just trying to keep everything straight and keep the car loaded and everything off the right rear. And it, it worked out. I, I told myself, you know, there was a yellow with like, oh, there was a lot of yellows. But, you know, the last yellow, I said, man, if I can just finish this race, I don't know what I've done to deserve this, but it'd be great. <laughs> and uh, it worked out for all of us. I'm not going to lie. Max, I was sitting, I was watching Volusia and I get this text from Zach. He says, you got to turn it to East Bay. So I get over there and oh my gosh, I don't think I missed a thing from, from what was going on the last 10 laps. How with, with tires that old that, that you couldn't have had much left on them on the restarts, you're pulling away every single time from the guy behind you. Yeah, on the restarts, I tried to actually go a little harder just because I know the tire was cooled down. But, yeah, I mean, courts were hanging out of both sides of them when, when the race was over. And it's funny, you know, how many people, uh, you know, watched it. My mom called me after the race, and she said that my dad was yelling at the TV the whole time. So <laughs> it's uh, it was a pretty cool story, and, and all the texts and phone calls from everybody. And um, it's, it's a pretty cool deal to go down there. And, you know, you, we can say we got second at one of the last uh, Winter Nationals. We, we have a group chat with Horsepower Happenings, and, and one of the guys said, Max got that because of his experience on the Michigan tracks. Is that what helped you? Um, yeah, probably a little bit. 
I'm not a big fan of rubber down. So um, I think if anything, it goes to the Smith guys. They, they worked really hard all week. My guys have, we've put some time in this off season. Um, you know, every, everyone's been in the shop. We've, we've just really been working hard and, and trying to build off what we accomplished last year. And man, we really went down to Florida with an open mindset. And I, I, I think we ran a different setup every night, you know, combination and, uh, yeah, it, it ended up clicking. And, and like I said, you know, almost getting hard charger Friday, I felt really good uh, about going into Saturday. And, and then, uh, you know, the situation that happened, uh, man, couldn't ask for a better weekend. Now give us a little technical insight, uh, because we know in the dirt late model world, it's all the talk. Tires are all the talk, right? Uh, where you can run, what tire you can run on, what corner of the race car, blah, 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 blah. We don't talk that much about sprint car tires. Now, do you have some options when it comes to compounds and, and was there a big discussion with your group as to what compound to run? Because the third place driver, whose name I can't remember right now said that his team had a big discussion about putting a hard right rear on and they went against it. And they were one of the guys that ended up blowing a tire. What was the conversation in the Smith motorsports camp and what sort of options do you have? Um, yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's a harder right rear, there's, you know, a spec medium, and then, you know, your left rear is just an open tire rule other than a Hoosier. Um, we definitely went with the hardest tire we had in the trailer on the left rear. And I think that showed too. uh, Terry McCarl got third and he'd come over and looked right away and um, <laughs> he had the same tire on as me. So I think me and him kind of had the same game plan. If you remember, Sam blew a tire earlier in the yes, race and then come back out and he had a different left rear on, but, but getting that new right rear on helped him out a bunch. Um, we were on the other end of the battle of, uh, let's survive here and, and get a top three or something like that. So definitely went with the harder compound tires and, um, yeah, that, it, uh, it worked out. So talk, it, it was, uh, unbelievable. Talk about that battle, uh, with Hayford Teeth, And I call it a battle because he jumped to start. He got put back a spot, two spots because of jumping the start. He got relegated back to the last completed green flag lap. And then on the restart where he finally got you, I thought he was going to send you to victory lane prematurely. And I got to tell you, I was I was a little ticked. Uh, but, you know, with that fresh right rear, he's, of course, antsy and ready to go. Uh, what was what was your emotion like behind the helmet? Keep, keep seeing that red car go by you, go by you. Then the incident on the front stretch, which you did a hell of a job making sure that it wasn't bigger than it could have been. Yeah, you know... Sam's a really smart racer, so he's been doing this a long time. He's won a lot of races, and um, I just tried to stay, you know, calm as I could. I I think I did get a little wound up, but I knew he had <laughs> something I didn't. You know, his tire was a lot fresher than mine, so, um, yeah, he's he's just a hard – we're all racing hard at that time. You know, you're talking $10,000. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably drive, uh, you know, just about anybody in the wall for ten grand on the last lap, so um, he's just a hard racer. He's a smart racer. He had a good game plan, and – and, you know, we ended up a little short to him, but, you know, I can't complain about taking seconds. You, you call it a game plan, and I want to take this opportunity because we said that he got a fresh right rear, and then you call it a game plan. I want to clarify because this bit Mark Smith, um, you could not change a tire unless it was blown, right? Yep. So, yep. Yeah, so pretty much, you know, if you listen to Sam's interview, he pretty much got made his tire blow you know, yeah. and, uh, he knew how to make it blow. Cause he's already been in a situation like this where, you know, I, I didn't think of that. Um, cause like you said, you had to have a flat tire to change it. So I, I was already late enough in the race there when I was sitting seventh or so. And, um, actually my tire guy, Zach, uh, come up and said that Sam was running higher than everybody else. And I'm like, 
you know, there, there's no way. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, you know what? What's seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth pay? It's probably about the same. What the hell? I'll go for it one time. And sure, shit, it stuck. You know, mm-hmm. I went from like seventh to third down the back stretch, and I'm like, man, I'm going to owe him something because uh, his, his plan worked out too. I think you got a text message in that thread somewhere or somebody telling you to not be a puss to run the cush. So, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that, uh, wasn't, that wasn't the cush, but, you know, it was Elaine Hyer yeah. and everybody else. So uh, I, there were a couple people with that. Rich, what do you got? Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, Max, when you're watching this happen all around you uh, and it's one after another after another, um, take us inside your mind. Are you just thinking – when is it going to be me? Yeah, there there was an open red there with um, about, I think there was like 12 laps left. Yeah, and, I was right about that 10 to go I mark. Was, yeah. I was really pedaling pretty hard there, and I undid my belts and at least stood up and looked at my right rear, and compared to the two guys in front of me, my right rear looked brand new. You know, their, their cords were already hanging out, and my right rear actually was feathered still. So I, I kind of knew I had probably – I thought I had maybe seven, eight, nine, ten laps left on it. I didn't think I would make it the whole way. Um, but, you know, there towards the end, I was like, man, if I can get a jump on these guys before the tire gets pretty hot and then get in line and just uh, hope for the best, you know. It, it definitely didn't have another lap left because the the chattering and vibration going on, I knew it was uh, getting close. Now, I've ne- you, and maybe you just answered my question, but um, I've never sat in a sprint car. Can you? Do you have the movement in your head to look over and take a look at at what you what you got on those rear tires? No, not 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 strapped in. You know, under the open red, they come out, and I was able to stand up. But when you're strapped in and everything, you you, you can't really look and see what's going on. I mean, maybe the left rear just a little, but um, I've been in a situation with this before, actually, with Andy Potter when I drove the '97 car in, in Louisiana, and I was like, man, Andy, this thing's vibrating, and you know, he told me too the same thing, and. Yeah, it uh, it worked out. I, I was really happy for the guys. They they deserve it, and you know I think we all do. So it's uh, it's a good start to the year for us. And I think you know with with all the races that Zach and I have been to and and, and watching you, I don't you know I think honestly we can say you've never driven in a track in Michigan like that because I've never seen that happen here either. Yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of a one-time thing. Um, Ocala took rubber one time pretty good when I was racing with the All-Stars and maybe some All-Star races out in New York and stuff. But um, to race on that situation and, oh, man, that was probably the longest race I've ever been a part of, I would say, too. So I was uh, sweating pretty good after that one. I was uh, I was ready for a thirsty beverage, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, that under the open red, you, you, you analyzed and you said, okay, I think I got about 10 laps left. Uh, on this tire, you got about 12 laps left in the race. All of those restarts at the end, good or bad for your situation? I think good in a way that you had the opportunity to cool the tire off, but at some point when there's no tread, when there's no squares left, and you're just running on a blank slate, I, I would think that those restarts are hard on the tire because, as you said, you were going harder to get a jump on everybody else. What was your, I mean, what's your take? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So there towards the end, you know, like, I'm sure everybody saw in the video, I tried to keep the tire cold and cool down under yellow and um, tried to kind of ease into it as much as I could on the restarts um, there at the last couple. So it was definitely harder on it. Um, I'm, I'm glad that was the green-white checkered at the end because <laughs> I, I I don't think you were going to get any more out of that. 
Well, this is a kickoff to the 2023 season. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to ask you about what's next uh, for you in Smith Motorsports. This has been a really exciting kickoff. I mean, I think you did make the show each night, which was your goal. Uh, you went from 23rd to 12th. You went from 14th to 2nd. Two strong showings at East Bay. Um, so, and, and yeah, and then the first night you guys pulled off because you missed the setup. So, man, that's that's a great first three nights. What's next? Yeah, um, definitely happy with that, you know, and, and the way we finished last year, I was really happy to, you know, get the championship with uh, GLSS and kind of kind of end the year on a high note and then, you know, kind of, you know, start the year off too. So um, we're, we're ready to race uh, probably end of March. You'll see us down at Attica a little bit. And then, you know, once the 360 stuff starts, uh, Barry's got a good deal lined up for the NRA and GLSS. And um, I think you're going to see us a lot, you know, everywhere this year. And, you know, we're hoping to be in that 35, thir- you know, 35 to 40 races again. And good thing about Steve, me and him get along really well. And if I say, hey, let's go race here, he says, hey, let's go race here. We're pretty uh, we're pretty much on the same page with all that. And you, that's all you can ask for in a car owner is, you know, the opportunity to go race the races you want to race. And, you know, you can compete at. Last but not least, uh, you got new stickers on the side of that 71H this year. You got a lot of great marketing partners behind you. Let's talk about those real quick and then we'll let you go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, TC Power Sports, uh, Jerry, Jerry's on board again, and uh, I know he had to be excited. Um, Brembo Brakes, Polaris Off-Road, um, P- PFC Farm Services, Shark Bike Foundation 14, Jerome County Market. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, Steve's got a really good race team right now, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be with a better race team without all them people that put us on the racetrack all the time, got us down to Florida. Steve took care of everybody, and you know, he even grilled out every night after the races for <laughs> me too. So, uh, I, I'm I'm sitting pretty well right now, and I've I've been very fortunate in my career to drive for awesome people. But um, definitely right now where I'm at, I'm uh, I'm I'm really happy. Max Stambaugh, runner up, 23rd to 14th, and uh, made the feature all three nights down at East Bay for the King of the 360s. Congratulations, man! That was really fun and really impressive to watch. Now we can't wait for things to kick off up here and continue to watch you take names, man. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I appreciate it, Rich. Keep everything uh, intact over there. And, uh, Zach, hopefully I'm giving you a hug here soon. All right, man. We look forward to it. Thanks, man. Well, great to get a chance to catch up with Max. Uh, I, I love – I love <laughs> – I tell you what, I told my wife, we went to Hartford last year on our anniversary, and I said, just so you know, if this guy wins, I'm going to have to hug another man. Uh, and that's just the way it goes. So love a chance to talk to Max. He's fired up. He loves it. Um, and speaking of, you know, the race season coming back up here to Michigan, if you're a driver, if you're a wife, a girlfriend, a son or daughter of a driver, go and ask them what's going on with their equipment. You got your race receiver good to go? Where's your transponder at? Is it charged? Is it holding a charge? Even if you're running go-karts, maybe you're still using the green activated transponders. If you need some help, you want to upgrade your equipment, can't find your receiver, it's got the greeny meanies on the battery, MI Service Solutions. They have your hookup for all things electronic scoring for the racer and the racetrack. Michigan owned and operated. They'll also give you a rebate on your old equipment if you want to trade it in. And HPH10, that's the letters H, P as in Paul, H, the number 10, use that at checkout and get 10% off instantly when you shop online at miservicesolutions.com. You can find them on Facebook as well, MI, the letters MI, Service Solutions. Well, Zach, uh, night after night uh, of having strong race cars, Dryden, Michigan's Katie Hettinger picked up the win on Thursday night 
in the Pro Late Model feature uh, at the World Series of Asphalt at New Smyrna Speedway. Hattinger's Anthony Racing Team had a very fast car the entire week. Uh, she made history once again, Zach, in the process by becoming the first female and the first Michigan driver to find victory lane in a pro late model at the World Series. And Zach, guess what? We had to bring her back on after that performance. Katie Hattinger, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man, we got to talk a little bit down at Speed Fest, and that was the second time you were in that car. I thought there was going to be some kind of learning curve with you uh, and the Anthony Campy team, but you're proving that was not the case at all. Yeah, um, Speed Weeks helped a lot with me and the crew. Um, we really bonded. I got to know the crew, got to know the car. They got to know my driving style and everything. And um, we definitely knocked a lot of things um, off at going to Speed Week. Um, that probably would have taken a few months to get. So um, I'm really glad we were able to get Speed Weeks, and especially, able to, especially glad we were able to get a win. Talk to me about uh, Thursday night. Um you didn't just start on the pole and just run away from all of them. You had a little bit of work to do. And, um, you know, I, I think you're not afraid of, uh, let's say, just making making the team change some graphics here and there if, <laughs> if, if they need to because, because you had to and then you drove away. Um, I thought that was a, a pretty um, experienced move, let me say. Yeah, um, we, got a, we got a little shove on the start there, um, and I've kind of taken – I kind of took a little bit all week of being pushed around a bit. Um, and that win was definitely mine. So um, I did get into Carson a little bit. Um, he came down the track. I went up the track a little bit. But, you know, that's racing. So um, I'm so glad we didn't have a lot of damage and I could stay out front and bring home the win. You know, it's funny. If you go back and you look at the timestamp on your social media, and I don't know who runs your social media on race days. I don't know if it's you or your dad or what have you. But nonetheless, if you go back and look at your social media – from 9 o'clock in the morning on Thursday, you had said, this win tonight is mine. Um, and when I was – somebody asked me about the contact between you and Carson, and I said, go back and watch lap one. He run her up the hill, and I think that that was her staple statement moment of I'm tired of these guys roughing me up and thinking they're going to get away with it. And honestly, Katie, as a driver, that's something that at some point in your career you have to do is establish yourself as somebody who's not going to get run over, you're not going to take any crap, and you're there to win. Um, and was that was that something that you cognitively knew, I'm going to have to do this in order to set a precedent that they can't run this 81 car over? Yeah, for sure. I, like I said, I definitely had taken some hits earlier in the week the night before. We didn't even make it like two laps in the race. So um, I definitely – I didn't do it on purpose. Sure. Um, but – I do think I made my point, um, and so I hope we got across, but I don't race like that, so um, I did apologize. Did, but Yeah, I was going to ask, did you and Carson have a chance to talk after after the race? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Now, let's talk about this. Uh, we've talked to you after you've set a lot of history, um, and as Rich mentioned, another historic milestone for you, not only as, as the first female to win a pro late model race during the World Series, but also representing the Mitten State down there. Um, and, and I think we've asked you this before, but we'll continue to do so as you knock these milestones down. Uh, does it ever get old for you at 15 years old to hear Katie Hettinger, history is made with a new milestone? I mean, does that ever get old, or does it just fill you with pride? No, it never does. I work really hard um, 
in my racing career and my team busted a butt all week. So I'm so glad that we got the win and made history because like every time I make history, that just like shows like that's another female chasing to get um, like win and more and everything. And so um, I'm, I was glad we won and then to find even better. You know, Katie, you, you keep doing this and we're going to have to make you a co-host because you're going to come <laughs> on every time you do this. But uh, this has got to be on the serious side, though. Uh, uh, such a good start with this Anthony Campy racing team, starting out with the red eye, going down to Speed Fest, uh, being very fast down there. Probably had a better car than where you finished at Speed Fest, in my opinion. Um, this has got to be really good for your confidence with Anthony Campy right out of the gate. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, we had a decent finish at the Red Eye. Speed Fest, we probably should have finished um, a little bit higher than we did. Um, there were some driver errors there. But every night after Speed Week, I'd talk with Kate talk with me, and we'd go over my mistakes and what I did good at. And then I feel like I improved each day, and we improved as a team and working together. Um, and so, I'm, like I said, I'm so glad we got that win because – um, both me and the team definitely needed it. I think it's uh, nine races in 10 days or something like that. I'm sure you know exactly how many races you ran because they take some nights off and you had the rain and what have you. Have you ever ran something so intense as the World Series where, you know, you mentioned the one night that you didn't get out of turn two without getting wadded up in somebody else's mistake? Uh, you know, I think it was the first night you were able to race. You got wadded up in someone else's mistake, drove back through the field. You admitted on social media, made a driver error, spun out, um, and were put at the back. Have you ever been a part of something so intense where every night you or your guys are up until, as you mentioned, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, putting this car back together, nut and bolt check, making sure that it's ready? Because guess what? we got to turn around and race again the next day. Have you ever been a part of something so intense like that? No, I've I've never even been to Speed Weeks to watch. I was never allowed to skip school. Um, and so <laughs> a little really little I... little jab at Dad right there. Did you catch that? <laughs> I was never allowed to skip school, so <laughs> I and love so, it. I think that's another big thing of why we were able to go is because the first night I messed up in qualifying and then had a driver error of spinning out. And so if that was just a regular race, I would have to wait at least a week, maybe two weeks until the next race where I could improve on that, where that night we went over film, we went over everything where I knew the next day when I went out, I would not spin coming <laughs> when I was under a car. So um, it definitely was crazy. A lot of late nights. Um, I definitely got, I got to sleep in a little bit, but, um, drank a lot of Starburst coffee that week. I will say that. <laughs> um, but it, it was a lot of fun and I'm so glad we were able to go. Katie, Zach and I have talked to the, talked about this the past few years, uh, after the world series and especially in the pro late model division, for some reason, it's always physical like that. A lot of, a lot of damage, a lot of cars that go in the trailer and don't come back out because they're so damaged. Uh, do you, it, does that override anything or are you still able to learn having to dodge cars and, and all the wrecks that happen? They, it, it seems like every single night, um, in every feature down there. Uh, yeah, it definitely helps you like know how to stay focused and be aware of your surroundings going on a lot. Um, cause even the lap cars, we were lapping cars on lap 10. And so, um, you get a lot of practice with passing and everything. And when we 
when we wrecked our main car and we had to take out the backup car, there definitely was, um, I was a little more nervous because I wanted to make it to Friday to the hundred lapper. So I was, I drove a little more cautiously, but still obviously aggressive. Um, but I'd say it was just overall like a cool experience. And I'm glad we were able to have two cars so I can make it to Friday. One of the things that I was curious about, Katie, is, you know, your win came in the 35 lapper, a lot of 35 lap races down there, 100 lap uh, main event for the the heart to heart 100. You bring home an eighth place finish, uh, which is, of course, respectable. What is the difference for you, either as a driver or for the car, for the team? Uh, What would you say the difference is between those short stint runs and the 100 lapper? Because a lot of pro late model races are going to be that 100 lap distance. Um, What do you guys need to do differently, in your opinion, to be in contention for 100 lap race wins? Uh, The the 30 lap races um, were easier to get ready for because um, the car didn't have to be perfect for a hundred laps or I didn't have to wait for the car to come in. I knew right as I fired, the car would be good. And then maybe the last few laps did get a little loose on that gear thing. And, um, and the hundred lapper missed it on the gear a little bit. And so I didn't really have much drive off. And then the, uh, I was getting launched into the corner. Um, so that kind of um, sucked for us. Um, it was a mistake on my part because I wasn't listening to the gear enough. We were so pumped up about the win the night before um, but still I had a good car. There were a lot of cars that I thought would be good that were towards the back with me too. But, um, I was just waiting for the car to come in and then we never really got there. So it was, it was still a decent finish for us, but, um, wish we could have done better in that hundred lapper. Obviously you get the win. Uh, you, you get a chance to watch your teammate go out there and, and win a world series championship. And you had said early in the week that that was your goal too, um, that doesn't happen for you. So I have to ask, do you believe still that this was a successful trip for your first ever time at the World Series with a win and multiple top fives, uh, top ten, and uh, really, for the most part, you know, a, a clean showing in my opinion? Oh, yeah. It first, um, I think we could have had a championship if I didn't have my one DNF and then my 12th place finish the first night because um, we had a really fast car. And we probably could have had three wins this past week, but we just came short two of the night. Um, but like I said, we had a really fast car. We probably could have gotten the championship, um, but there's always next year. So um, we'll see how where, what all adds up, and maybe we'll go back next year. Now, Katie, I don't know if anybody knows uh, that listens to the program, but I found out at SpeedFest uh, that you moved, right? You moved down to North Carolina. So you're down mm-hmm. there for your you're down there for at least the summer, I'm guessing. So you still have everybody up here and everybody up here is still supporting you, as you obviously know. Um, and you got a long summer ahead. That's got to be, that's got to mean a whole lot to you. Oh yeah. I appreciate all the support from back home so much. Every time I go home, everyone's texting me and asking, they're like, Hey, can we hang out? Like you're doing such a great job. Um, even when I'm still down here, everyone back home is supporting me. So I'm actually going home this weekend to go see my friends and family. So I'm so excited for that. Um, and I'm really excited for the car store season to start up because then my family will start coming to those races and we're going to try and get a few Michigan races. Um, everyone back home. I'm guessing by the logo on the hood, we'll get a chance to see her a couple of times at Owasso Speedway uh, here in Michigan. That's just a, a little 
guess. But uh, Katie, what is next for you? I mean, uh, with Anthony Camping, Campy Racing, and uh, you know all the connections that you have, uh, kind of take us through. You know, maybe in March and into April a little bit. Where can we look for uh, Katie Hettinger to be at the racetrack? Yeah, so my next race is March 11th at Southern National. It's the first Cars Tour Pro race, so I'm super excited for that. I have a lot of fun running the Cars Tour races. Jack and Keely do a great job there, and now with um, the new ownership and everything. So I'm really excited for that. Um, we got about 30 races um, total with Anthony Campy with Cars Tour, running five Pensacola races plus the Snowflakes. Um, and then I'm also going to be getting in a micro with Chevy and really? Mike Harbor. So I'm going to do 16 of those races and then a few road course races and a spec Miata as well. Wow. Wow. You are going to fill the resume this year. That is, that is exciting. That is, that is exciting stuff. Um, Katie, we got to let you go. You got a big night tonight. Uh, a lot of people want to talk to you after your success down at uh, new Smyrna. But before I let you go, as you mentioned, you've got great support back from back home, and uh, you guys do great with your marketing as well. So I want to give you an opportunity to uh, let us know who it is that supports that 81 car and supports Katie Hettinger. Yeah, obviously, big thank you to my parents and Anthony Campy Racing. Um, I wouldn't be doing this without them. And then also Team Chevy, Wheeler Trucking, Lauren Rainier, Brand Filters, Autolite Spark Plugs, Victory Custom Trailers, Mobile One, Bell Racing, K1 Race Gear, PXC Racewear, Surf Motorsports, Jags Performance and Stagger Pros. Fifteen years old, and she started rattling those names off. We posted this via CRA a couple of days ago. Uh, you and I saw you appreciated that throwback too, back to your junior late model days. Uh, <laughs> did that take you back a little bit when you saw that? Oh yeah, that definitely was a good memory. <laughs> Just fifteen years I, I, old. I got the funniest feeling. This is not the last time we're going to talk to Katie this summer. I don't think so right? either. And. and sh- so well-spoken and good at rattling off those sponsors. And, uh, Katie, uh, great job behind the wheel as well. It was a lot of fun to watch you and support you down at New Smyrna. And uh, we wish you the best of luck with the Cars Tour and excited to see what else you do this summer. It's it's really been impressive. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great opportunity to talk to Katie. Any chance that we can do that? Uh, she's been, I tell you what, she had about three minutes to work with by the time we got done talking to her to what she had to go to her next interview. Uh, so she's getting really good at this PR thing. Uh, speaking of PR, I want to say thanks so much to CNT Services. Thanks to Chris uh, and his help. He's saying thanks to Be Cool Radiators. Uh, they are our studio sponsor for the first quarter of this season for Horsepower Happenings. Be Cool. They are the leader in power cooling systems. They offer cooling products for original equipment, factory fit, LS swaps. We're talking drag racing. We're talking rock climbing. Uh, and it's not just radiators. Cooling fans, you know, uh, cooling Uh, whatever you got if you need a transmission cooler things of that nature they're right here in Essexville Michigan you can find them online at becool.com or call them anytime toll free 1-800-691-2667 into our next portion of the show it's time for a great portion of our program we get to do this once a month once a month Rich France and we get to welcome in our own Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer and a guy you get to work with on a regular basis yeah, it's all, we always look forward to the third week of the month, right? And then we make sure Gary's counting right so we know what quiz it is. Gary Lindahl, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Uh, welcome, you guys. Always good to be back. And, man, I tell you what, man, that time goes fast, you know? <laughs> yeah, it does. It seems like we just did this. This is quiz number 23. Wow. wow. So oh, wow. quiz number 24 next month 
in March, it will be quick two math, years. Quick math says that's two years. <laughs> <laughs> that's two years. So I don't know how you guys feel about this, but this is what I would like to do, and it will make people do a little research of that. I'm going to take four questions that were really good out of the first two years Ooh. of this quiz and pop them back on for I March quiz. I love that. I love How's that. that. Is that cool? I love that a lot. <laughs> wait, a minute, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have to provide the prize gift. I, I hope that we're keeping track of the answers. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You need to. <laughs> cool. Well, I love this. I love that idea. But uh, before we can do that, we got to get through quiz 23. Yeah. And I previewed these a little bit. And I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Don't look to me for any of the answers this week because I don't have them. Wow, and you know what? And I would think that this would be one that people would get. All right, well, I tell you what. I don't know how Rich feels, but, uh, Rich but we'll jump probably, right into it. Yeah, Rich is in the same box as Zach. So oh! Gary, tonight <laughs> oh, is wow. all on you, man. Okay. So, we'll, uh, real, uh, real quick, like, we'll jump into question number one. Pretty simple. Who is the Ohio Traveler? Famous guy. What era? Famous guy. <laughs> Famous guy. Okay, that's my answer. <laughs> There's your answer. <laughs> I'm not going to go in there, you know. <laughs> All right, the Ohio Traveler. Everybody figure that one out. Start Googling. Gary, question number two. Question number two is, you could say this driver is scruffy. Well, that don't narrow it down I was, for me. I was thinking the same <laughs> thing. I'm like, I don't know. I know a lot of race car drivers with beards. I don't know. No, but he's got a he's got a name. And once again, famous driver. All right. All right. Just saying. Halfway there, cross flags. What what do we got left? Okay, number three. He might not have been the most popular bandit, but he was one of them. Who was the Black Knight? And he was with two other famous racers. There was the White Knight, the Blue Knight, and he was the Black Knight All right. in this group. All right, white flags out. Last question, Gary, what do you got? Yeah, there we go. We're coming to the checker. This Michigan late model driver was known as Mr. Excitement. Now, there's been other drivers known as Mr. Excitement, right? So we got to be careful here. Yeah, you got to be careful because I know you had that one with the Oz question back a few times ago that uh, people thought it was Ozanich, and that was not my answer to that one. But yeah, there's been a lot of different people. Well, I could narrow it about uh, how about we go mid Michigan driver? All right, mid Michigan late model driver who was known as Mr. Excitement. Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't tell everybody you got to get in Gary's head to see who. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of in the name, Gary. Well, did you, you know, know. <laughs> that is part of it. I thought it was uh, Gary's. Did you know? That's so you right. Got to get in my head a little bit here. Hey, it is Gary's. You know, did you I would know. think after almost two years now that they'd figure that out. Don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, has anybody well, ever messaged you to try to get you to f- to maybe feed them the answers a little bit? No, but I see sometimes people get on Facebook and they answer them. Yep, that's right. Hey, cool, Gary. And I tell them, I go, don't know. 
I don't know. <laughs> you know. Don't know. Maybe. Gary, we appreciate Maybe. it, man. Uh, this is cool. Really, I'm looking. Okay, this one's a good one. If somebody can get all these, uh, this is really cool. Next month, though, I'm I'm hoping that I'm in the wheelhouse at least. You know what I mean? Like, if these are old yep. questions, I'm hoping that I paid enough attention in class that I can pass the quiz. So uh, we'll yes, have to see what know, happens. And it is a it is going to be a two year class. Okay, so oof, man, I didn't. So do that. I just thought that would be a good way to jump into uh, year number two. I like it. I'm, I'm just hoping he picks four questions that nobody has answered yet. <laughs> I, I don't want four oh. questions that we've had twenty people answer correctly. <laughs> Rich, Rich's wallet is a little bit scared for next month's quiz. Hey, Gary, I got to thank you so much, man. We got a big show. We got to keep rolling. Appreciate you so much. Yeah, you got some. You got some great people on tonight, man. Yeah. I, you know that Katie Hedinger. Wow, what a neat deal that was for her. It was so great. And now we're we're getting excited, man. We're going to talk to the uh, Menards 200 winner, Greg Van Alls, coming up next. So we're looking forward to How it. How awesome is that? Yeah. What a, that, that's one of the best interviews I've ever seen. Hey, maybe ever. you'll maybe you'll get a chance to talk to him at the end of the season, and and uh, maybe we'll have to have him on again as. Maybe an ARCA champion. Who knows? Certainly would be nice, wouldn't it? That'd be pretty cool. Gary, appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much. Have a good one. See ya. Well, as we mentioned, uh, it's now time to bring on the driver who was victorious at the end of 200 miles at Daytona International Speedway, winner of the Menards 200 on Saturday afternoon, makes his home originally from Anderson, Indiana. It's our pleasure to welcome in Greg Van Alst. Greg, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man, uh, I just I don't I've been thinking about this all day since we confirmed that you're going to be on the show. I don't even know where to start. Do I start with turn three? Do I start with the white flag lap, the lap before? Do I start with you almost getting junked on the front straightaway? Uh, that race at Daytona, man. Uh, I was a ball of nerves watching here at home, as I'm sure you know all of your fans were. Take me through. Take me inside of your helmet. Uh, and I guess I do want to go back to kind of that last caution flag where the four car gets spun uh, through the trioval. You were turned dead sideways at that point too. Did you think your race was over when when that started to unfold? Yeah, I think that was the third time we had gotten hit and turned sideways that race. Um, I, I know of three incidences where I thought, oh, here it is, and somehow, some way, I was able to keep it straight. Um, I told him in the media room afterwards, there, there had to be somebody riding along with me cause, Oh my gosh, it was, uh, it was intense. So you survived that you have this restart. And if I'm remembering the race correctly, this restart was toward the end of the race. Um, everybody had been pushing real aggressive. In fact, your car did not look happy in the pusher role, but when you got toward the front, Man, that 35 car looked like it was one to beat. Did you know how strong your car was uh, heading into that final restart? Well, it's always hard to judge how strong you really are, but I noticed, you know, from the cockpit that I I didn't have the same people around me all day, and, and I knew I could see the leader all day. I mean, it seemed like the cycle had been, you know, the 97 was up there, the 2 was up there, the 18 was up there. Um, you know, then there at the end, the 44 was up there, but it just seemed like somehow, some way they'd always get cycled and, and they just kind of never was able to make their way back, but it seemed like I just stayed there. So, you know, I thought maybe we did have the car to beat. Um, but that's the funny thing about the draft is you can, you can have the car to beat, but if you don't know how to use the air, you just, you just, you won't win. Greg, I've had the privilege of working 
for Ron Drager for many years now. Um, and so I've always been an Arkham Menard series fan. Uh, tell me this year, it seemed like there were more cars uh, in that lead draft and they stayed there longer. And, and with the people that are the, the, the people, the drivers that don't have a lot of experience, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I guess it depends on which side of it you're on. Um, you know, naturally, the ARCA series is a is a uh, series for learning. Um, so, you know, I guess the the bad side of it is is that there's people there that doesn't that they they've never ran um, speedway races and they don't necessarily know what they're doing. Um, the the other side of it is that's a good thing for a guy like me um, that you know is is has been here for a couple of years and, and I've learned, um, you know, so now I, I know I'm racing against people without the experience and I know what I felt my first race. So I was able to kind of take advantage of a couple of moves that they would pull or, you know, where they would position their car and things like that. So, you know, it's, 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 it's got its good side and its bad side. Talk to me about coming off a of turn four because when I when I saw you coming down to the line, um, I got up off my couch just because of you know as much time as Zach and I have been with Champion Racing Association and around races, watching you race, watching you win a championship. Um, did you realize what was about to happen to you? So. Um... You know, everybody talks about the move off of four, and and what I what I keep telling them is, you know, yeah, that's where the move was made. But if you go back and you watch like the last two laps, I had it planned out, and you know, everybody sits here and says, oh, you have a plan, and you know, it's racing and everything changes. But you know, we have the restart, and I just try to lock bumpers with the forty four, and I I felt like pushing the forty four was going to be my best option to win. And, um, my, my goal was just to, to just keep beating the rear bumper off of that car to getting pushed out. So we come off of four with one to go. And I, I don't know if I'm locked to him at, at the point of coming off four, but I know when we go through the trioval, I'm locked to him and I start trail breaking and I wanted to launch him off to where our car was really good in the center of the corners and I kept getting runs all day in the center of the corners, but couldn't do anything with it. So I tried to time it where I pushed him away and then got the run in his draft to where I could hit him again off of two. And with the Arca series, the way the cars are, the way the air moves, you don't necessarily always get to the rear bumper. You'll get like a like a beach ball effect um, is what I've heard guys talk about, and it's just a cushion of air. So I timed it where that cushion of air kind of pushed him off of two, and it sent him out going down the backstretch. So as soon as I felt that, I seen his car go out. Instead of chasing him, I started trail braking, and I felt – uh, the 18 car and my car kind of engage. And at that point I was like, okay, well, you know, I know where I'm going to get the run, but I, I thought maybe I got just a little bit too early. So I was hoping to get the run like literally in the center of three and four. Cause when we down there for the test, I, I kind of mistakenly did that move. 
And of course, nobody's trying to block it or anything like that. But I did that exact same move in the test, not necessarily trying, but just, just the way it all circumstances came out. But anyway, I, I shoot off into three and I peek out and I put my left side as close to his right rear as I could. And I felt it drag him back. And I'm kind of listening to my spotter brain and lines and, and watching my mirror. And I know I had gotten away from Connor with the run. And so I kind of was trying to figure out where Connor was going to go. And I moved up and I felt that surge of air again from the 18 car. And at that point I was, you know, coming off a of four and I kind of felt like there wasn't much, uh, much anything the 18 could do to get around us at that point. And that's when it all started getting surreal. How important was the 18's decision to your success, do you believe? Because uh, it's so hard to tell watching the broadcast. You had such a run on the 44, and you did, in my opinion, you timed it out perfect. Uh, and, and with the side draft and everything, you were going to get around the 44. Uh, how important was the 18 going with you to you getting across the line first? Uh, I think it was pretty important. Um, you know, whether he uh... – he inadvertently went with me or just felt like that was his best move and then was going to try to make another move off of four and just ran out of time. I, I don't know. Um, but you know, when I watched the replay and that's, we just, me and my wife just tried to watch the race and apparently we didn't record it. So Uh-oh. I have to figure out how to watch the whole thing. Um, but I've watched the highlight of that, of the last lap. And, you know, it, it's almost like when I made my move, there were, two or three other cars that made the move at the same time. Sean core was one Mandy chick was one, um, you know, and Mandy chick and, and her dad and, and we're all good friends. We've all raced CRA as you guys know. And, and, uh, I don't want to say we helped them come to ARCA, but you know, they were definitely bouncing a bunch of questions and stuff off of us. And so I kind of felt like that when I made that move, there was, there was more than just the 18 that was going to go with us wherever we went. Now, I didn't know that ahead of time, but, you know, looking at the video replay when I made the move, that's, it was, it was more than just the 18, but I think the 18, you know, uh, someone said afterwards that, that he had a lot of respect for me and, and, uh, you know, definitely didn't want to do anything to, to, to ruin, uh, to ruin our day and, and was just going to kind of push us. Um, so you know, whether, whether he thought he just couldn't get there or, you know, what, um, you know, I, I feel like I do owe a lot to the 18 car and, and, um, super, super thankful that, uh, you know, it wasn't one of those coming to the checker and somebody ended up on their roof type wrecks. Greg, we got to take it to the end, uh, where you climb out of that car, man. Um, usually you hear the, everybody's got it rehearsed, their sponsors. That was I, I know I had a tear in my eye. It, it was so emotional, and it was from the heart. Um, did I mean? You, there's no way you could have planned that. Um, where did that come from? Um, I I don't know. So do if you, you guys do, were do you remember it? My, uh, that was that was I, my I, question. I, do you remember I, it, or is v- it just vaguely, hearing it back? Vaguely. I mean, I've I've heard it played over and over, and I feel like such a goofball when I watch myself, but. Um, so here, you guys real were, quick, if, if you don't you mind, Winchester. if you don't mind here real quick for our fans, maybe who haven't, uh, let me, let me give this to you just to one more time for you. All right. I'm not sure you can put it into words, but the emotion that you're feeling right now, how much heart went into this win? Oh, it's everything I got. It's 
the only Speedway car we got. There's no way I was going to bring it home without the steering wheel of the trophy, and that was it. This is for all the short track racers out there that don't think you can get to this level. I've worked my ass off to get here, and we did it! Yeah! So, sure so there, there that is, and, you know, the, the scream at the end, uh, the, the talking about working your ass off to get to this level, you know, all of that coming back in that moment, uh, you know, like Rich said, how much of that was just you right on the chip at that moment? That's, that's just 100% on the chip at the moment. I mean, that's, that's the best way to put it. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, I think I had every single emotion that you can imagine going through my mind when the checkered flew. Um, you know, I, I mean, that's what, that's, that's the stuff that dreams are made of, right? You come off of turn four and you're passing for the checkered flag, regardless of what racetrack and, and to make it Daytona, it makes it even better. And, you know, they kind of joke on uh, Facebook or not on Facebook, but they joked on Fox about I didn't lift going into turn one. And it's like, you know, I was, I, I wasn't aware of what was happening so much behind me. And I was afraid if I lifted that, you know, someone was going to run into the back of me. So I just kind of carried the throttle and, and, you know, that, that was what was going through my head. It's like, don't get hit from behind. And, you know, we got to take this car to Talladega. And then it was like, then it starts sinking in. And then I'm, you know, screaming, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm tearing up and then going yeah. down a backstretch. I'm like, Oh, Oh my, Oh my gosh, this is, this is happening, you know? And then, then I start slowing down and, uh, you know, really slowing down. Cause it's like, you know, I kind of want my competitors to get caught up. So, so I can get the, the famous, uh, you know, competitors driving by and revving their engines and waving and all that. And, and, uh, then it was just like, it was just pure joy. And, and then, uh, you know, after, after climbing out, it was, man, it was just, God, I, I can't even put it into words still. Now, so much of the Daytona 500 weekend is uh, a production from, from lawn care down to TV. I want to know, I want to go inside your helmet. Were there any special instructions or restrictions for your celebration <laughs> when you came back to no, the front stretch? okay. This is, this is funny because you say that and you know, so I'm coming to the start finish line and I'm going to do a burnout. So in 2001, I qualified an ARCA car at, uh, Chicago or Kentucky and I spun out and I watched a group of guys work all night long repairing that grass for the race the next day. So the working man in me is coming down the start finish line, you know, getting ready to go do a burnout. The racer in me is wanting to just go tear up the Daytona sign, right? But the working <laughs> guy in me, I'm thinking about those guys that are going to have to fix it. Oh, man. There are no orders. They never said anything. Wow. Nobody told me anything over the radio. But I'm thinking, man, if I go tear up this grass, there's going to be some dude out there tonight working <laughs> that's probably got plans with his buddies or his family, and I'm going to ruin it. I wasn't going to ruin that guy's evening, so I just did it all on the racetrack. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I, I think this makes your story so significant. Um, take me back that 20 years, 20-plus uh, years, to your first attempt in the ARCA series. Um, and take me back to, I guess – 
what went wrong or i mean uh, you know it was a, it was my understanding is it was about a two year attempt and uh, it, it just didn't work out quite well and and you had to reset and and people talk people hear you say you had to work your ass off to get to that point on saturday that is quite literal is my understanding of your story T- take take us back to that yeah i mean i could i could tell you all night um that story but i mean it just it just boils down to it was a it was a smaller team out of Indianapolis that gave me a chance. And we basically were hoping that we would get a sponsor in a few races. And I, we didn't find one and another driver had, had was able to bring a little bit of money and, you know, it's it, racing is as much as a business as it is, uh, you know, as anything else. Um, so, you know, that's where that ride went. Um, I ended up doing several years in the Hooters Pro Cup Series, moved to Florida, um, things didn't work there, came back home, and, and uh, you know, there's a whole nother story as to, as to why I quit racing, you know, getting, uh, you know, starting a family and, and whatnot, and, you know, I started my fence company because I wanted money to be able to go to the racetrack. And it's a hundred percent why I started it and it's all we do now. And, um, you know, that's, that's where the relationship with Chris Barkdahl and CB fabricating came from. Um, I've got multiple other relationships with people that's all stimulated from the fence company and the fence company is, is, uh, you know, is, is where this dream got re- reignited. I, I want to know too um, ab- about the timeline, or you know, you you obviously found success with CRA in super late model racing, and you started to dabble in ARCA racing part time. You know, a race here, a race there, a pretty aggressive part time schedule. And my understanding is now this year you're going to be at all of them. Is that right? Yeah, so we ran all of last year. So we ran all of 2022. I thought that was the case, but I was just going off yeah. of what I'd heard on Saturday. So, okay, so this is yeah. your second full-time season. Yeah, so last year we finished fifth in driver's points. 2021, um, I think we did nine races, and it was literally just race to race. We went to went to Daytona, and, you know, we we uh, we went to Talladega after that, Um and then we ended up acquiring another car and was able to do a couple mile and a half races. And we were, we were just going race to race. We had no schedule, no plans. We just, if we made it through one race, we, we got to another and, wow. and between CB fabricating and my, my fence company, we just kind of let things flow as they flowed. And then, you know, we made the commitment to, to, to going after the 2022 full-time season. And, uh, you know, that's put us, put us where we're at today. And, you know, the biggest thing that I probably want to get out there and, and message to everybody is, you know, we don't have a full funded season. So we're, we're kind of on that same plan of race to race. Um, you know, we know we're going to the first five. We know there's particular races on our schedule that we're going to no matter what. Um, but you know, we, we are, we are, uh, a, a low, budget team uh family family run team all my guys are volunteers and you know we're we're just kind of plugging and playing everything and and doing everything we can and and that's why there were so many other people on board 
uh, for this weekend. I, I got, and to that point, and Rich, I know you got a couple of things too, and then Greg, we got to let you go. Um, I don't want you to take me inside your checkbook, but I do want to know how much does because this was your first career Arca win as well. Is that right? Mm-hmm. How much does the win at Daytona change the projection of your season? And again, I don't um, want you to dive into the checkbook, but I mean, yeah, is that so, is that significant? So, no, I mean, unfortunately, um, you know, it's not like the the win is going to pay for the rest of the season, right? Now, um, the win's going to basically pay for the next race. Um, that's just the reality of it. Um, now, the outside reality is that by doing what we're doing, and and you know, I've got every evening it seems like this week I've got radio and podcast things to do. So I'm hoping that our story gets out there and maybe that brings in some sponsorship funding that will get us through the whole season. So, um, you know, that's, that's what winning I think will do. Um, you know, I feel like winning at Daytona is going to change my life and it has, and I'm, I'm hoping it changes my life in a, in a way to where I don't, Maybe I don't have to work so hard to go racing, but <laughs> that'd be nice, you know, wouldn't it? It it would, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know that I'm gonna I'm gonna change any. You seem really proud of the fact that you're able to go race on your dime. Uh, you know, just you know, honestly, I, I, you're humble, but the fact that you can say this is, you know, I don't owe anybody a darn thing. Uh, this 35 team is here because of what 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 we've been able to accomplish as a team. Yeah, and I and I definitely you know want to make sure it's a we because you know all my guys help. Um, they they you know they do it for the passion of racing just like I do. Um, you know, Chris at CB Fabricating, we couldn't do what we do without him. Um, you know, and and he does have a a, a financial role in 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 what we do. Um, but yeah, it's I mean we're just we're just a we're just a group of short track racers that man, we just wanted to go play on the big stage. And, and, you know, we never thought we would actually get to a point where we could win races. And, you know, last year we, well, two years ago in our first year, we almost won at Winchester. And then last year we ran really, really well at Charlotte. And, you know, we ran well at the super speedways and, you know, yeah, I, I, I still can't believe I'm, I'm looking over at our mantle and I got the, the Daytona trophy and the, and the CRE's championship trophy. And, you know, both those are trophies I never thought I'd get. Greg, I've never been accused of being the most emotional guy in the world, but, and I hope there's some people listening to this program that, that really can relate and understand what you just accomplished um, this past weekend. You know, this brings us back to when we were kids and this is how I, I relate to it. We play in the backyard, whether you're eight, 10 years old and the bases are loaded and you're the, you're up to bat um, and you hit it out of the park to win the game. We've all played that in our backyard. You run, you know, you're in the backyard with a football and you run for the game winning touchdown. Um, that is the level of this really was a David and Goliath because we all know anybody who follows the sport knows some of the teams that you beat down there. Um, and that was, that was just rather incredible. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it is, it is absolutely, um, I guess mind numbing is, is the best way I can explain it. I, like I said, it still feels surreal. Um, but I, I will tell, tell you this, 
Um, obviously, the Venturini team is the team to beat in the Arca Series. They have been for years. Everybody knows that. They have, you know, great support from from a manufacturer. Um, and then there's there's other teams that are in the same boat. I mean, the Gibbs team. I mean, they obviously have cup engineers and and then, you know, you have Rev Racing that's got the, the factory support and NASCAR support and and what I what I want to make sure everybody understands is yes, we're we're beating them, you know, we beat them at Daytona and, and you know, that's what we strive to do. But each one of those teams has offered to help us in some way. You right? Like um you know, we we talked to the Venturinis, we talked to the Rev Racing guys, we talked to the to the Gibbs guys. I mean, you know, they're competitors, but they understand our situation and and um, man, it's just a good group of people, you know, that are that's in the Arca garage and and that's probably the the biggest thing that I want everybody to understand is, you know, it's it is a David versus Goliath thing, but like I'm not out to to slay the dragon. I'm just I'm just out to beat the the other race cars, you know, the people that are that are affiliated with those groups, man. It's just it's just an awesome group of people in the Arca garage. I've got you down as 41 years old, uh, 15 career Arca racing series top tens, three top fives, and now uh, you've got one in the win column. You've accomplished uh, a lot more than any other race car driver will ever be able to do in their career already. Uh, but I've got to ask you, what was more difficult, winning at Daytona? or getting a TikTok account going so that you could get more sponsors? Hmm. <laughs> Man, I'm, I was literally doing a TikTok while I was trying to figure out if I was supposed to call you guys or you yeah. guys were calling me. <laughs> and um, it'll be the first one that I've done after the win. And I haven't done one because I can't figure out what to do because I'm. I, it's just so awkward to do them. And um i i usually do a bet i i think i did a better job this weekend because i was around my team and they were like hey you got to do this hey we need to do that and it's like okay well let's just do it but man it's it's so awkward to I, pull I rem- out your phone and video yourself i remember you posted that uh you, you almost posted a little bit of a rant about how you know it was like man it is so tough uh to meet the expectations that everyone has uh in order to get a sponsor now but Hey man, I'll tell you what. I've been following your content. I've been—I think I'm one of your flagship followers on TikTok, and uh, I think you're doing a great job. And this win, what you're doing with social media, all these interviews that you're doing, man. People know who Greg Van Alst is, uh, and I think that you know you—you're going to keep doing the work on your end, and you're going to have a really successful season. I'm excited to watch it unfold. That's cool. That's awesome. I appreciate it. I've had so many people come up and tell me that, and. You know, it, it started, I went to the to the PRI show, and, you know, I started out, I'm like, okay, I'm going to find an oil sponsor, I'm going to find somebody to, like, take care of our brake clean for us, you know, just the things that you use in the garage, yeah. right? And you're working on your race car, and every single one of them was like, well, how many followers do you have? And I'm like, I got fifth in points in ARCA. And they're like, yeah, we don't care. How wow. many followers you got? And it's like, it just, it goes against everything my generation has been told, you know, you put your head down, you work hard, you'll have success. And it's like, you know, I, I've got both sides of it. Right. So now I've, I worked hard, put my head down, you know, found a great group of people to, to, to believe in me. And we won at Daytona and it's like, okay, well now I'm starting to get followers. So, 
you know, my, my oil cabinet's almost empty, so maybe I can find an oil company that's going to fill it for us. I don't know. Well, then I guess this next phrase is as helpful as anything. Go follow Greg Van Alst, uh, Van Alst Motorsports on Facebook. Find Greg Van Alst on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Man, uh, thank you so much. I know uh, that you're busy. As you mentioned, you got interviews every night, multiple ones a night. I want to say sincerely thank you for making time for us. Um, it was absolutely amazing to watch what you did on Saturday. And, uh, you know, we told Gary this, and, and I'm sure Rich is thinking the same thing. Hopefully we get a chance to interview on the front stretch at Toledo Speedway at the end of the year, and uh, you're hosting another big trophy. Uh, that would be uh, that would be awesome. Cool, man. Greg Van Alst, thank you so much, buddy. Good luck this year. All righty. Thank you. What a story, Rich. Uh, I love a good David versus Goliath. Uh, you know, we watched we watched Greg with the CRA Super Series for so long, the ASA CRA Super Series. Watched him win a championship in 2019. And my poor wife was trying to talk to me Saturday during the race when I saw him make the move to the outside of turn three. And I said, no, 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 nope. I, I got to see how this plays out. And sure enough, he crossed the line up front. And uh, love it for the little guy who had to work his, as he said, work his ass off to get where he is you just don't see that and and that was raw emotion out of we didn't see that we didn't see that out of greg when he won the you know the asa cra super series championship in 2019 but boy you could see all those years of you know trying arc having to go back to the drawing board um late models and working his way all the way back and you can just understand the effort and how much it meant to him and then to end up in victory lane um, at the World Center of Speed where everybody wants to win. Um, just so happy for Greg and his team. Well, we loved it. It was fun to watch. And now Speed Weeks is over. Everybody can take a deep breath, calm down. And in fact, Rich, when you look at the upcoming calendar, we do have to wait a couple of weeks before anybody gets back on the racetrack uh, anywhere, even even nationally aside from NASCAR. Well, after watching the World of Outlaws at Volusia, I think they're relishing this two-week break uh, because I think I think a lot of those guys need it. Um, World of Outlaws, uh, they have two weeks off. They will get back into action March 3rd and 4th at Smoky Mountain Speedway. Uh, then their season will kind of kick into high gear as we get through the spring. But uh, what a performance they had at Volusia and uh, Smoky Mountain in two weeks, March 3rd and 4th for the World of Outlaws late models. Yep, and then the World of Outlaws sprint cars are back in action that same weekend, March 5th and 6th. They are back at Volusia Speedway Park, uh, kind of as a, they've got a little bit of a, a Speed Week's makeup in there, plus their regularly scheduled show for that weekend. So fans who are going to Volusia on March 5th and 6th, they're going to get uh, a bonus uh, couple of races in there to kind of make up for a night that was cut short due to rain. And then a lot of drivers that we've come to know across to kind of the Mid-South and, and Midwest are going to be at Montgomery Speedway on March 4th, Rich, for the Hunt the Bear. Hunt the Bear, March 4th, at Montgomery Speedway, and that's kind of the next big late model race that's coming up uh, in our area. So, And I think we, there, I want to give another shout-out to a race that we didn't have ha, have on the script, but I, I did see it. Uh, the Clash at the Coast, uh, the Modifieds heading down there, Colin Thurlby heading down there. I think it's four races down there in Florida uh, for the Modifieds. Um, I don't know. I I might have to try to get over because I'm going to be down there the same time Ooh. for that event. So that might be worth the drive to go uh, 
go hit up our friend Colin and see what's going on. We'll see if your uh, horsepower happenings, Facebook and Twitter credentials still work if you make that trip for sure. Hey, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, I want to say thanks, Jam Pack Show. First of all, thank you for tuning in. Uh, huge thanks to Max, Katie, and Greg for being a part of the show. I want to say thanks to uh, to Scott Manning who pays the bills, of course, Rich France, and uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you same time, same place next week. I'm Zach Heiser. We'll talk to you on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.